and a warm welcome to this bonus episode of the EMJ podcast. My name is Dr Hannah Moyer, Senior Medical Writer and Moderator for EMJ. Today we are thrilled to be bringing you a fascinating discussion between three renowned respiratory experts who explore the topic of rare lung diseases and provide valuable insights on the current medical recommendations as well as the key unmet needs discussed at the European Respiratory Society ERS Congress 2023. This podcast has been sponsored by CSL Bering. Joining us today, we have Professor Marlies Wiesenbeck, a pulmonary physician and professor at the Erasmus University Medical Centre in Rotterdam in the Netherlands. Professor Wiesenbeck is chair of the Multidisciplinary Interstitial Lung Disease Centre and her research interests include patient-centred outcome measures in ILD, e-health and new therapies in idiopathic pulmonary fibrosis and sarcoidosis. We are also joined by Professor Jerry McIlvaney, Professor of Medicine, Head of the School of Medicine and Director of the Cystic Fibrosis Unit in the Respiratory Research Division at Beaumont Hospital Dublin at the Royal College of Surgeons in Ireland, University of Medicine and Health Sciences in Dublin, Ireland. Professor McIlvaney is an expert in translational research with a specific interest in cystic fibrosis and alpha-1 antitrypsin deficiency. Also joining us, we have Professor Luca Raccheldi, Professor of Respiratory Diseases, Director of the Graduate School and Director of the Department of Cardiovascular and Pulmonary Sciences at the Agustino Gemelli Hospital at the Catholic University of the Sacred Heart in Rome, Italy. Professor Raccheldi is a leading expert in idiopathic pulmonary fibrosis, including the drafting of the international guidelines on the diagnosis and treatment of idiopathic pulmonary fibrosis and the classification of idiopathic interstitial pneumonia. In this section, the panel considers the diagnostic tools and approaches available for healthcare professionals to use for suspected idiopathic pulmonary fibrosis. The discussion is directed towards the expertise of Professor Luca Raccheldi, who emphasises the importance of knowledge, education and medical examination approaches for addressing the unmet medical needs associated with the awareness of and diagnostic delays of IPF. So to begin, let's hand over to Professor McIlvaney. So Luca, what is the best tool, diagnostic tool, available to a physician who suspects IPF in clinical practice. Thank you, Jerry. That's a critical information that we need to convey because very often, too often actually, we see our patients too late. And since we do not have any drug at the moment, unfortunately, that will revert or stop disease progression, then early diagnosis is crucially important to start an effective treatment. Now, for me as a physician, the best tool is knowledge. If you don't know about a rare disease, about a disease, that's impossible that you will diagnose that disease. Now, knowing and doing educational programs that will make aware the physicians, not only the pulmonologists, not necessarily the pulmonologists, but the GPs, the internal medicine, the geriatric physicians, that these diseases exist and is a deadly progressive disease is very important. Now, if you ask me, which will be the single, probably, uh, tool that will be more cost-effective in raising the suspicion of IPF, I will tell you chest auscultation. 
because uh, the presence of bilateral inspiratory crackle, what we call vercolite crackle, on the basis bilaterally of patients, is clearly raising the bar for a suspicion of IPF or of interstitial lung disease, and then triggering the next uh, test that should be high-resolution CT scan. So knowledge and uh, medical, physical examination, uh, I think that combination is something that might help us to diagnose the disease earlier than we do now. Luca, in the absence of crackles, can we exclude pulmonary fibrosis? Yes, I mean, no, and no, Marlies, that's clearly a question that is coming from an expert physician, uh, ILD physician, no, because the crackle may be very subtle or the interstitial lung disease can be not presented with a typical honeycombing or a subpleural reticulation, can be ground glass, can be something else. But... I would tell that probably, at least in my experience, the majority of patients with interstitial lung disease will have some sort of inspiratory crackle on their basis. So I think still is not 100% uh, sensitive, is not 100% specific, but we should remind that listening to the chest of our patient is zero risk and zero cost and can be done point of care. Now, I absolutely agree on that, but I only just want to make people alert, especially in high-risk groups for ILDs, for instance, patients. You can have ILD without the crackle. That's, yeah. that's true. And what would be the next steps in the workup of, of pulmonary fibrosis? Can you um, tell us something? I would say that the next step will be, without any doubt, the high-resolution CT scan of the chest. Now, high-resolution CT scan of the chest, just to remind, is a non-contrast, uh, radiological examination, which is uh, very quick to be done, very inexpensive, and very sensible. So many of my patients, when they arrive in our clinic, they had a series of chest X-ray. And chest X-ray is not sensitive enough to detect interstitial lung disease, in particular, early in the stage. So we see many patients, I'm sure Marlies and Jerry do the same, that you said um, non-specific changes in a chest X-ray and then uh, sign of COPD, uh, reinforcement of the uh, bronchial uh, or vessels. And that's all non-specific and it's just triggering another control, six months, one year. I would think that, I would suggest that if you as a physician, you really think of an IED, in particular of IPF, you should go straight for a high-resolution CT scan of the chest. Very good. And Luca, uh, just to go on to another, another viewpoint, uh, what do you think is the role of the multidisciplinary team in IPF? And what particular areas should be covered? So what in, in IPF, if, you, if we read the guidelines since 20 years ago, uh, every single guideline is telling us that the gold standard to diagnose IPF is a multidisciplinary discussion, which we don't have any, any proof of that. Plus, we don't have any standard for that. Now, what I have been working in several institutions, and each single institution, they have their personalized uh, format for multidisciplinary discussion. I think the overall message is that at least the clinician 
should sit with the radiologist, with the chest radiologist, and look at the CT scan and do the clinical data of the patient together. That's the minimal that we know. And then, of course, if there is a biopsy, the pathologist will come in. And very often, if there is a suspicion of a potential autoimmune disease, we need to speak with the rheumatologist. Now, how that needs to be done, need to be done at the same time, the same room for one hour, for two hours, uh, weekly, bi-weekly, we don't know. But the overall message is this is a diagnosis that cannot be done in isolation by one single type of physician. Thank you very much. That's very clear. One last question made me. You started with education that is so important. Do you think we do enough to educate our colleagues like from rheumatology, from uh, radiology, who will get more and more CT scans from for different purposes to be alert on ILD and get us into the picture? How can we educate those people better? My, Marlies, I'm old enough to, to, to think, uh, to say that we made progress over the last 10, 20 years. Because honestly, when I started uh, having an interest in this type of disease, I was, I was like a weirdo uh, physician uh, looking at something which is basically non-existing with no treatment. Now, the landscape has been completely changed, but I hope that the landscape will keep changing because there is a need for more education. In particular, there is a need for more education because uh, we have uh, new knowledge. Uh, just to think about the issue of uh, interstitial lung abnormalities, that we don't know what they are really, but they need to be reported by the radiologist, and most of the radiologists, they will not report it. Or the subtle interaction between the autoimmune disease and interstitial lung disease. And many rheumatologist colleagues, they are very good, but they will focus on uh, arthritis, they will focus on the skin, they will focus on different organs. So I think that we did... A significant advancement in this field, but I would say that it's not enough, and education will still be the key, both, of course, of young colleagues, but also of less young colleagues in different specialties. And in particular, I'm thinking about general medicine here. I know a GP is a very busy man. He has to think about a lot of different diseases. Many of the diseases will be more prevalent, of course, than IPF and ILD, but many of them will be less severe. So it's very important. And also in the general medicine, in the community practice, uh, these diseases will be well known and they will raise awareness about their existence. Thank you, Luca. I think they hope, I hope they will all listen to this podcast and use that as education. <laughs> Even one will be enough. <laughs> yeah, that's very good. Well, that concludes today's podcast discussion. Our thanks go to our experts, Professor Marlies Wiesenbeck, Professor Jerry McIlvaney and Professor Luca Riccheldi for joining us today and sharing their insights considering the current medical recommendations and unmet needs in the field of rare lung diseases. If you enjoyed this episode of the EMJ podcast, please do not forget to subscribe through your preferred podcast platform or by visiting emjreviews.com where we release a new episode every Friday as well as plenty of bonus episodes just like this one. These alongside an informative symposium review article entitled Shaping the Future in Rare Lung Diseases from Imaging to Patient Management can also be accessed at emjreviews.com. Until next time, take care and goodbye for now.